Thanks for listening to the Refuel Podcast. Be sure to tune in every Thursday for a new episode. We're starting a series called God Speaks. And uh, thank you, Matt, for getting the lights. Um, we're starting a series called God Speaks. Would you, uh, if God was speaking to you, would you, would you want to know what, um, what he was going to say to you? I think most of us would say yes. But I think a lot of us find ourselves like this guy. All these notes were representing things that God wanted to say to him, and he just kind of went on his day, had his earbuds in, did whatever he wanted to do, and really didn't pay attention to these things that God had for him, which could be very helpful things. Um, So we're going to talk about over the next couple weeks, how can we hear God's voice? Um, How can we hear God's voice? Um, This is the first uh, lesson that we have of 2019. Did anybody set any resolutions in 2019? Any New Year's resolutions? So, so what, just shout out, what were some of the resolutions that you, you, you set? Okay. Just shout, just shout out. You don't have to raise your hand. Just. Okay. Um, I was looking up, I looked up these statistics on some of the things that were the most popular resolutions to make. And here are some of the, in 20, 2018, according to Statistic Brain, uh, the top 10 New Year's resolutions for this year that they pulled people. First was to lose weight or eat healthier. Second was to improve themselves. Uh, Third was to make better financial decisions. Four was quit smoking. Five was to do more exciting things. Six was spend more time with family or close friends. I guess that depends on your family. Um, Seventh was work out more often. Um, Eight was to learn something new. Uh, Nine was to do good deeds for others. Ten was to find the love of my life. Obviously, that's not going to happen for some of you guys this year. Um, So, that's a joke. Um, But, yeah, I hope one of the things that you wanted to do as you started the year... Um, was to grow closer to God. Um, if you look back over your last year, I mean, I know we're kind of all varied ages and we all go to different schools and we're kind of a diverse group, but look back over your 2018. Did you hear from God last year? If you didn't, do you want to this year? If you did, do you want to hear more from God this year? If God had something to say to you, Would you want to know what he had to say? I think we would all say yes. But I think the big question is, how does God speak? You know, I've I've ran into some people that that say, well, you know, I was sitting in my lazy boy and God spoke to me. And he kind of sounded like James Earl Jones and he told me this. Like, if if God is speaking to you in in an audible voice, what you may need to do is stop eating that Taco Bell right before bed. Um, you know, the, the Bible kind of tells us that God doesn't speak in that way right now to people. Um, we'll talk, we'll, any questions we'll talk about afterwards for sure. Uh, make sure to hit me up. But how does God speak? We're going to look over the next four weeks about four different ways that God speaks to us. That we can hear, read, listen, see God's words to us. And tonight we're going to talk about the first way. And it's that God speaks through Jesus. God speaks through Jesus. And if you have your Bible, open up to the book of Hebrews. Um, We're going to try something a little crazy tonight. We're going to try to go through the book of Hebrews in 15 minutes. Uh, So so we'll give it a try, okay? Try something new in a new year, okay? So turn to Hebrews chapter 1. How does God speak? How does God speak? Um, Anybody know who the book of Hebrews was written to originally? Yeah, the Hebrew people. Um, 
Kind of self-explanatory, isn't it? The Hebrew people have this, like, rich history. You know, when you study American history, you learn about our rich history in America, and you learn about George Washington and John Adams and Thomas Jefferson and all those guys with the pasty white wigs and that wore, like, short, you know, the short short not short shorts, but, you know, the short pants and whatever. Um, you know, we learn the Jewish people, the Hebrew people had their own history, and they had a really cool history, and their history went back a lot further than our American history. Their history went back thousands of years, and the Jewish people, the Hebrew people were special because God kind of did some special things with them. We read about it in the Old Testament, and God spoke to their nation. Like, you know, these are people that lived right after Jesus, these Hebrews that were written to. They were Christians, but before that, their ancestors, you know, their great-great-great-great-grandfathers, God spoke to them in some special ways. God spoke to the Hebrew people through prophets. Um, anybody ever heard of Moses? He's kind of popular, right, around these parts, <laughs> um, church. Um, you, God, Moses was one of the people who God spoke through to the Hebrew people. You may have heard of Samuel, Elijah. Elisha, Nathan, these were guys who God would literally, physically, audibly speak to, and he would tell, you know, he would tell Elijah, go tell the, peop- the Hebrew people this. So Elijah would get this message from God, and then he'd stand in front of the Hebrew people, and he'd say, thus saith the Lord, and he'd, you know, he'd give this message from God, and everybody's like, wow, God spoke through someone, and I know what God is saying, and I know what God is doing, and God spoke to the Hebrew people for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years through prophets and through his, his prophets. You read them in the Bible. They're, they're called the minor prophets. They're not coal miners. They're minor, M-A-I-N-O-R. Um, and they were people who God gave this revelation to, and they'd share it with the, with the people of Israel. God would speak to, Hez, um, to Malachi, and Malachi would share it to the people of Israel. God would speak to Obadiah, and he would tell everybody, all the Hebrew people, what God said. But then this thing happened. God spoke through Malachi, and Malachi told all the Hebrew people what God said, and then all of a sudden... After that, God was quiet. It was a little cricket noise. There you go. God was quiet for 400 years. What's the last book of the Old Testament? Anybody know? The last book of the Old Testament. That's the, you know, you're, you're right, that's the last book of the Bible. But what's the last book of the Old Testament? Somebody said it? No, almost. Same, same first letter. It's... Malachi, yeah. Malachi uh, was the last book of the Old... What's the first book of the New Testament? Matthew. And what does Matthew tell us? It tells us the message of Jesus. Between Malachi and Matthew, it was 400 years. That's a long time. The scholars, like the Bible scholars, the theologians call it the intertestamental period. The people in the, like the first Christians... They called it this. The Hebrew Christians, they called it this. The time in which God was silent. Does 2018 to you seem to be kind of like an intertestamental period to you? It was the time when God was silent in your life? Well, I've got good news for you just like God had good news for these Hebrew Christians who for 400 years hadn't heard God's voice. Let's look at it. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 1. It says this, in the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets and at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, those are the days that we're still living in now, the last days. He has spoken to us by his son, 
That's Jesus, who he appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the universe. Listen to what this says about Jesus. It says, the sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful world, by his powerful word. After he'd provided purifications for our sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So 700 years the Hebrew people, God was silent. And then all of a sudden, bam. Instead of speaking through someone, instead of speaking through a person, God became a person. Jesus. And he lived and he spoke. He, Jesus spoke a lot and we have those words recorded in the Bible in the New Testament in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John. We'll talk about that next week, how God speaks through the Bible. But Jesus also spoke through his life, and he spoke through his actions. And if we want to know what God has to say, we can look at Jesus. These Hebrew Christians believed that. They put their faith in Jesus, just like I hope all of you have. But something happened after they put their faith in Jesus. They started to drift away from Jesus, and they started to drift away from where their faith had originally been put. And they started kind of blending back in with the culture. And they started trying to reincorporate some of their old religion into their, in, into their new faith. And this is what God said to these Hebrew Christians, and I believe it's true of us today. He said in, in chapter 2, verse 1, we've already made it through a chapter. We must pay careful attention, therefore, to what we've heard. Meaning God has spoken through Jesus, remember in chapter 1, to what we've heard so that we don't drift away. Have you ever been swimming in the ocean and you kind of feel yourself getting pulled out? You ever, you ever had that like undertow? It starts to pull you out. And, you know, I'm one of those people. I like to go like, don't, I don't want to be one of those people just laying at the beach getting like rotisserie chicken. I mean, I want to be in the water. I don't be swimming. You know, I don't, I don't be swimming with the fish. You know? So, yeah, I, I try to go out, like out in the ocean. What I find out sometimes, I'll just be swimming away, doggy paddling, you know, like gracefully, like backstroking or whatever. And then all, all of a sudden, I'll, you know, I'll get up and I'll look. And the, the shore is like, looks like it's forever away. And the people look like little ants. And I've drifted so far away. I didn't even realize I was drifting, but I drifted. Have some of us, without even realizing it, you, I, I know you, you put your faith in Jesus, but he, you kind of drifted away from the fact that God wants to speak to you through Jesus, even though you're already saved, or even though you've already put your faith in him, God still wants to speak to you through Jesus, but you've kind of drifted away, and you didn't even realize it until in 2019, January 1st, you kind of popped your head up and looked, and he's like, man, there's a lot of space between me and God. God speaks through Jesus. And if you want to hear God speak this year, there are six things that Jesus, that God through Jesus says to you that I just want you to write down and I want you to consider. And this is the first one. Through Jesus, God says, I get you. Through Jesus, God says, I get you. Turn to chapter 3. Turn to chapter 3 and then just go back a couple verses into chapter 2. Read this about Jesus. It says, for this reason, he had to be made like them, being, mean, being made a human. Made like them, fully human in every way in order that he may be a merciful and faithful high priest. Look at verse 18. It says, because he himself, when he was tempted, because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he's able to help those who are being tempted. Isn't it interesting that Jesus didn't come as an adult? You ever think about that? When Jesus came to this earth, he could have very easily, he's God, right? Come as a full-grown man. He came as a, a baby, 
He was a child. And Jesus was a teenager. Jesus experienced (laughs) what some of you middle schoolers are experiencing right now. He experienced the joys of going through puberty and how awkward that is. There were times where Jesus stood up to stand and talk in front of people and his voice cracked. Some of us, our voices still crack and we're just never going to outgrow that. Yeah, Jesus probably had to deal with acne. Jesus had to deal with trolls. I'm not talking about big hair, don't care trolls. I'm talking about people who relentlessly, mercilessly tried to trip him up. Tried to make him publicly disgraced. They were called the Pharisees. They were the original trolls. Jesus dealt with abandonment. Jesus had people use him and abuse him. Jesus was lonely. He said, the son of man has no place to lay his head. So when we think of God speaking through Jesus, the fact that Jesus became a human, God says, I understand what you're going through. It says that Jesus became fully human in every way. It says in verse 18, he was tempted. You're in a world with sin all around you, that are, that, you know, that's trying to get you to go this way and get you to do this thing that's wrong. I mean, you walk through the halls of your school sometimes and you, it feels like Sodom and Gomorrah. Right? And, and, and you know, how, how am I going to live for Christ in this, in this school or in this culture? Jesus was tempted by Satan himself. Jesus knows what it's like to be under a spiritual warfare and to be under attack and to be tempted. He knows what it's like to get pulled away. He knows what it's like to have all these things thrown in your face. He knows what it's like to be a teenager. So when we think of God, sometimes it's easy for us to think of someone who is so disconnected from our reality that they don't get us. But through Jesus, God says, I get you. I got these pictures of these guys up here. Um, yeah, they did this big study, like, why was this show so popular among teenagers? And they say, because it highlights the, like, the normal, uh, other than the supernatural stuff, the normal middle school experience of trying to tell somebody something and nobody listens to them. And maybe you feel like that, like, nobody gets you. There may be some times where, as your youth pastor, I don't get what you're going through, and maybe your, your parents don't necessarily see what you're going through. God sees you he gets you he knows what you're going through so through jesus god says i get you next one through jesus god says you have a future this could be this would be a lesson in and of itself but i promise it won't be um chapter four talks about this rest by the way you're going to notice a pattern here it's going to say this statement about god and then it's going to say therefore because of this truth let us all these say it, it gives us truth about god And then it says, therefore, let us. So if you want an outline of the the book of Hebrews, just look for the therefore, let us. And you can outline it very easy. You don't even have to be a Bible scholar. Um, So if you look at verse uh, 4, it says, therefore, since the promise, all the verses are on the screen, by the way, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us therefore be careful that none have fallen short of it. This is a very, if you study the entire passage, what you learn is this rest that he's talking about isn't like a nap, as glorious as naps are. I'm a big fan of, you know, uh, of sleeping, and I wish I got more of it. But it's not necessarily talking about like, like head on the pillow, hitting a snooze button, resting like that. What, he, what it's talking about is this eternal rest. The fact that you have a home in heaven, and one day all the difficulty that you face on earth is going to be over. 
And you're going to experience this rest in Christ. And you're going to live forever with him. And you have this to look forward to. So sometimes you look around at your surroundings and you're like, how in the world? Like, I live in Mudhole, West Virginia. Like, <laughs> I don't have a future. <laughs> like, like, our state's population is declining. Like, like, <laughs> like, like, we think it's a big deal when we get a Sheets at Route 60. Like, like, like that's the highlight of our state for the next 10 years. Um, you know, you have a future beyond your surroundings. You have a future beyond even maybe you live in a, like a family that's kind of like dysfunctional and it's like, you know, let's throw a mu- coffee mug at people and stuff. And you, You're bigger than your surroundings. You're bigger than the family you grew up in, whether you grew up in a great family or you great, grew up in a not so, you're grown up in a not so great family. You are, your future is greater than that because no matter what happens to you in this life, you have this future rest to look forward to. So it says in verse 11, it says, it's a double therefore. So you better look at it, right? Um, it says in verse 11, let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest. Do you get saved by what you do? Do you get saved? Think about it. Do you get saved by what you do? Absolutely not. You get saved by what Jesus did. So this is not talking about like if you work a little bit harder, you might be able to make it to heaven. What it's saying is put all your eggs in one basket. Put all your chips in on this, the fact that you have a home in heaven. Live life a little risky. Live life for Jesus. And even if it causes trouble in this world, <laughs> oh my goodness, it's going to be so worth it when you get to heaven. So through Jesus, God says you have a future. That's what God's saying to you. The next thing, through Jesus, God says don't give up. Look, some of you, because you're halfway, you're halfway through the school year, just look to the person next to you and just tell them don't give up. Okay, now shake them a little bit and tell them don't give up. I mean, come on. (laughs) Because some of you, I know, I'm just making sure you guys are awake. Some of you, look at me, some of you, because of the difficulty of being a Christian, you're this close to just not necessarily walking away from your faith, but you're just, you're this close to putting your spiritual life on cruise control because you're just tired of struggling. I put this alarm clock on because this is kind of like reminiscent of where we are in our lives right now. You know, having to adjust your sleep cycle back to going back to school. How many of you set like multiple alarms? Like you set like, you kind of like this 604, six, yeah. And yeah, because it's just so, so, so stinking hard to get up. And it's the grind. You know what I mean by the daily grind? It's like you, you roll out of bed. You find a half-eaten um, Pop-Tart, and that's going to have to be breakfast for the day. You start sniffing around at the clothes on your floor, and you find a hoodie that doesn't smell like absolute, you know, I don't know what. You put it on. You, you get to the bus right on time, or you, your, your parents are like, you got to go right now because you can't get another tardy. And, 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 and you're in the car, and you're, you're on the giant Twinkie. You're on your way to school. You know, you, you're, you turn your homework in late. You didn't study for the test. You're... Everybody else is up here on the social standing. You're down here, and you're trying to live for God, and it's so hard, and it's so hard. Look what, look what, look what God has, has to say about that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Look at um, chapter, chapter, we're still in chapter 4, verse 14. It says, therefore, since we have such a great high priest who's ascended to heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. We don't have a high priest who's unable to empathize with our weakness, but one who has been tempted in every way. We talked about that already. Just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let's approach God's throne with grace, of grace with confidence so that we might find the grace, or so that we might receive the mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. 
Once again, could spend an entire lesson on this, Jesus being our high priest that gives us access to God. But what we see here is that through Jesus, we have access to the throne of God where we receive mercy and grace. Grace. The Christian life is impossible to live without Jesus. But some people try to live the Christian life without Jesus. And if, you're, if you've been trying to do that, let me ask you this. How's that working out for you? It's pretty hard. Because you can't live the Christian life without approaching the throne of God and receiving his mercy and grace to help you. And sometimes we try to force things in life. And sometimes we, you know, we try so hard and we, just, we feel like we fail, we fail, we fail, we fail. You need to spend time with God. Um, Cassidy showed me this really cool app that maybe I'll sh- we'll, we'll show you next week or the week after. But it's this app where you can like track your prayer list online, which is great because I always lose my prayer lists, and I'm sure somebody else finds them and prays over or sees all my dirty little secrets. But um, but you know, like we need to spend time with God, and when we spend time with God, He gives us mercy, He gives us grace, and He re- reminds us through Jesus not to give up. Let's go to the next one. I'm trying to I'm, I'm trying to get you out on time. I promise we'll get out on time. <laughs> Through Jesus, God says, grow up. It starts getting a little testy here. It starts getting a little, you, you, God starts kind of like putting his thumb down a little bit and like kind of challenging him a little bit. He, read, read what um, he says in verse five, chapter 5, verse 11. Or chapter 5, verse 12. By this time, you ought to be teachers. But you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk is still being an infant and is not acquainted or is not acquainted with teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who through constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity. I grow in Christ when I put my faith into practice. For some of you, yeah, you, you've been doing okay. You've been doing the Christian thing. But maybe this is the year that you grow up spiritually. This is the year that you mature spiritually. He uses this idea of going from milk and going to solid food. There's all these sorts of transition points that babies take. My favorite when my girl, for my girl was when she went from diapers to going potty on her own. Like that was like a glorious day. Like, I mean, you know, we praise at church. But I, I think we praised a lot more at home when that transition happened. Like no more of those poopy diapers. Um, but... What God is saying to these, uh, to, to these Hebrews and what God is saying to us is, how much longer am I going to be changing your diapers? When are you ready to start doing the fun things that come with being able to be older? You know, think about all the, like, the things that you got to do as you got older and the things that you're still looking forward to doing. Think, think about when you turn 15 and you get to get your permit. When you turn 16 and you get to get your license. When you turn 18 and you get to buy cold medicine. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what happens at 18. <laughs> the adult things start kicking in and they're not quite as fun. But the older you get, the more fun you get to have and the more things you get to do. But some of, you, some of us spiritually, we end up right here. And we're okay with just showing up at church once or twice a week, hearing somebody tell us about God and not growing on our own. Do you see the two ways you grow? Look, he, he shows you two ways that you grow. Um, the first way that you grow is by being able to train yourself to distinguish good from evil. Why can't a baby eat solid food? Because a baby will put anything in their mouth. Anybody, anybody know any babies that, that, that do? A baby will put anything in their mouth. I mean, yeah, I could give this pen to a baby. They put it in their mouth. I could give this Bible to a baby. They put it in their mouth. I could give a candy bar to a baby. They put it in their mouth. Only one of those things can be put in your mouth. 
And it's the candy bar, in case you're wondering. Being able to, growing up means being able to distinguish the good from the bad. Some of you should know enough about God's word by now that you can make the decisions about what's right and what's wrong on your own. That's growing up. See the next thing about growing up? It says you should be teachers instead of learners. The next part about growing up is you should be telling others about Jesus. I wrote this down because I think it's the best way to explain it. The fastest way to grow spiritually is to help others grow spiritually. You want to really get close to God this year? You want to really, you want, you want to really hear God speak into your life? Start speaking into somebody else's life on behalf of God. It'll shock you. Hey, guys, we're up here. Okay? It'll shock you. Number five, through Jesus, God says, come to me. Um, chapter 10 I wish we could go through, I wish we could hit all the verses. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have done Hebrews in, in 20 minutes. Um, chapter 10, verse 19. It says, therefore, brothers and sisters, remember this is all based on the premise of Jesus. God spoke through him. Jesus is the high priest. Jesus is the one who has made this all possible. Since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open to us through the covenant that is his body, and since we have such a great high priest over the house of God, Attached to this, therefore, are three let us's. Let us's. Can you make us plural? Let us's. The first one, let us draw near to God. The second, um, let us hold unswervingly. I love that word, unswervingly. Let us hold unswervingly to the faith we possess. Number three, let us consider how we can spur one another on toward um, love and good deeds. So what it says is, through Jesus and his blood, we have access to the most holy place. In the, Hebrew, the Hebrews, what they looked back to was the temple. And the temple had this one area that was called the, holy, the most holy place. It was where the presence of God was. There was this thick um, curtain that separated the people from the presence of God. Once a year, a priest would take all the, representing all of the sins of the country, would crawl underneath that veil into the presence of God, sprinkled with the blood of a purified animal, and he would repent and make petition for the sins of the entire nation they would tie a rope to his foot when he went under that veil because (laughs) if he did so unworthily and he did so not being pure god would strike him dead (laughs) can you imagine like they're kind of like tugging on the rope like "Uh, he ain't tugging back guys i think (laughs) yeah i think we got a dead one they pull him back in you know how confident would you how confident would you be to go under that under that curtain i'd be like hmm Maybe is there a sin in my life I haven't confessed because I probably should take care of that before I go under the curtain. Read what it says here. It says that we have confidence not to enter by any other way, but we have confidence ourselves without anybody representing us to enter the holy place, enter the presence of God by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way he opened for us through the curtain that is his body. We don't enter into God's presence based upon what We've done or what we haven't done, but based on what Jesus has done. So through Jesus, God says, come to me. 2019, Jesus says, come to me. God says, come to me, have a relationship with me. The final thing. Through Jesus, God says, keep moving forward. He says, keep moving forward. Look at chapter 12. And this, this is pretty much the end of Hebrews. So we kind of did it. Um, it says, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. By the way, chapter 11, it's referred to as the Hall of Faith. It lists all these great Old Testament, these Hebrew people from back in the day who 
They looked forward to the coming of Jesus, and they did really big things for God. And that's what the therefore points back to. It says, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, this is a double lettuce, two lettuces, let us throw off everything that hinders, and let us run with perseverance the race marked for us. Um, how many of y'all cross country or track? Got any, any of those kind of people? You ever done it before in your life, maybe? You know, got a couple of you who have. Um, so, what I, what I had to do when I was training for soccer is I'd run with ankle weights. Anybody ever run with ankle weights or train with ankle weights? It's super hard and it's super annoying. But when you take off the weights and you run, I mean, you feel like flash. I mean, you're like, you know, like you're, you feel like you're so fast. Because the weight that was around your feet was taken off. And what this says is, in view of people who have done great things for God, before, if we set our eyes on Jesus and we run towards him, God will do great things in our life. But first, we have to take the ankle weights off. What does it say the ankle weights are? It says everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. You ever think about the fact that you may be, you may be one unconfessed sin away from great relationship with God and a great year of growing in Christ. What is the sin that so easily entangles you? Is it possible that in 2018 the person you were dating was the ankle weight? Is it possible that, I may step on some toes here in the the male crowd, but is it possible that in 2018 the, the arrival of the game Fortnite turned into a ankle weight on your ankles and all of a sudden you didn't have time to spend with God anymore? You're running a race. Fortnite's not bad. Dating's not bad. But if it slows us down, we got to shake those weights off. We got to pull a a, a tailor and shake it off. God says, keep moving forward. He says, fix our eyes on Jesus. But so many of us, this is the way we go through life. We don't know where we're going, but we're rowing as fast as we can. So what are we going to do? I just want you to think about two things here. Um, and, and these are just things that you're going to do later. Um, so go to the next slide. What, how can we make this stick? How can we hear Jesus this year? I want you to commit to having Jesus. I, I was trying to find a non-corny way to say it, but I'm just going to say I want you to find a way to have Jesus time every day in your life. I'm just going to call it Jesus time. So what I have is Matt has them back there. They're, they're these cards. You see these you, there are these cards. It just says Jesus time. And on it, it says, I will focus my thoughts daily on Jesus at X time. And X just means whatever time of day you set that you're going to focus your thoughts on Jesus. And you're going to listen to what God has to say to you through Jesus. I want you to take one of those cards when you leave. And when you go home, just write down a time. Just write down a time. I usually write down weird times. Like, I'm, I'm like a, like, yeah, I, I want to do like, like, I don't know, 927. Or, you know, I just like picking weird times. The next thing. Is on our Instagram. It's already on there. It's already on there. Um, you can do it right now if you want to. I give you permission. But get on our Refuel Students Instagram. We have on our story um, for the next three days. I'm going to set up a time where we will. Yeah, anybody who wants to join in on this, we will all individually set our minds on Jesus at nine o'clock p.m. Now, we're not going to do this together. We're not going to be necessarily talking together. But on our story, we have a reminder set up. And all you got to do is click that reminder. And it's tonight at 9 o'clock. It's going to remind you to put your, put your eyes on Jesus. I'm going to do another one on our story tomorrow. 
in the first thing in the morning, and you can set that reminder. So at nine o'clock, you can fix your eyes on Jesus. In 2019, we should get in the pattern of fixing our eyes on Jesus. How does God speak? He speaks through Jesus. So, in the words of uh, the great American hero Forrest Gump, that's all I have to say about that. Um, we're going to pray, and we're going to get out of here. Um, so, so let, let, let's let's pray. Um, Father, thank you for speaking to us through Jesus. Uh, thank you that he is our high priest. Thank you that he sacrificed himself on the cross uh, so that we can have a relationship with you and our sins can be forgiven um, and we can be with you forever. Um, God, I pray that this year we will focus and fix our eyes on Jesus. Um, God, through Jesus, we know you get us. We know you understand us, that you sympathize with us. And even after all that, you died for us. So, God, we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to the Refuel Podcast. If you have any questions or would like to review the notes from this podcast, be sure to download the Refuel app from the App Store on any mobile device.